Have you ever had a hard time asking for things that you really need? Like it's just uncomfortable for you to ask. It's hard for you to get your request out there. I have a hard time with that, right? Because I don't want to inconvenience people. I don't want to do all of these things. And so I have a hard time asking for things that I really need. And for me, a lot of the time, it's the fear of the no. Everyone say the fear of the no. You guys afraid of no's? Some of you are so afraid of no's you won't say no, right? And so what happens for us is that many of us won't let our requests, let our thoughts, let our hearts be known because we just don't want to hear no, right? Like we, we kind of let it linger out there because in our hearts we're, we say, oh, so you're saying there's still a chance, right? If I don't say it and I don't hear no, then there's still a chance, right? But I really believe in the kingdom of God asking is a prerequisite. Actually, asking is a requirement. And when we study the Bible, when we look at at the way in which God says that we're to interact with him, he says, you ask. You need to ask. You must ask. But a lot of us get caught up in part of our prayer and part of our prayer life where asking can be really hard. Or we, we try to pray prayers and we ask for things, but we try to kind of polish it. Right, if you remember, as we were talking about prayer earlier in the series, we said, God loves the rough draft. He doesn't need a polished prayer. He just loves the rough draft. He wants to hear from you and hear your heart. And so today, what I want to do is for us to see this. Asking God unlocks provision and creates a deeper relationship. Who's ready for more provision and a deeper relationship with God? And asking is this mechanism that God has placed in our lives to help us do it. But a lot of times there's fear that kind of gets in the way. Uh, This week we went on, uh, a couple in our church actually treated us. We went on the dinner cruise for Marina Jack. Growing up here, I don't think I'd ever been on that. And so I went on it and it was really great. We had a great time with them. And then after the dinner, we went and walked Marina Jack in City Island, whatever that is. And as we were walking around City Island, we were just, you know, Kelsey and I grew up here. So we just are looking at all the growth and everything that God has been doing. And across from City Island, when you're kind of by the dolphin fountains, if you're listening online and not from here, this makes no sense to you. But for everyone that is from here, you know, the dolphin fountain, right? And then across the bay there, there's that little peninsula with all those apartments. And Kelsey started to tell this story of when she was in high school. Uh, Kelsey and her friend were, they went to that peninsula and they were going to lay on their car in like the parking lots of the peninsula and watch the fireworks for the 4th of July. And so they were there hanging out like, and you have to get there early. If you know, they had to arrive early so that they could actually get on to that little peninsula. And when they did, um, Kelsey got into this moment where she just had to go to the bathroom. And so, but she was stuck right in the middle of all of these apartments and these condos. There's like nowhere to go. It's not a public space. And so she was like, man, we can't leave. If we leave now, we'll never get back in. And so all of a sudden, these two older people walk up and Kelsey sees them. And she is so desperate at this point, she's willing to hear no because she needs to hear yes. And so she looked at them and said, hey, I know this is a weird question, but would you mind if I used your restroom? And she's like, I know it's weird. Sometimes youth has its charm, right? And so when it's really young people, it's like, yeah, you know, come on, that's no problem. And so this older couple were like, yeah, and is that your friend? And Kelsey was like, yeah. And they're like, well, invite her with you. Come on, let's go. So they get into this elevator with this couple and, you know, you're kind of wondering what floor they're going to hit. Well, they hit the penthouse. 
And they hit the penthouse and Kelsey, they're like, oh my goodness. Okay, so when they walk in, this couple, this is how baller they were. They weren't even at their own party yet. They were out partying, having fun. And there were people in their penthouse having a 4th of July party. So they walk in and it's a party. Like people are hanging out. People are just having fun. And they're like, hey, when you go, go in here, yep, just head right down the hallway. There's a restroom right there. You're good to go. When they came out, these people were super generous. They were like, you guys should stay. You guys, like there's food, like there's water. You guys can like get a soda, whatever, and then hang out here because you can really see the fireworks from up here. We have a balcony. You can come out and watch. That would not have happened if she wasn't brave enough to just ask. And what became a need really became a blessing, didn't it? So they met her need, like you can use the restroom, but there was so much more added to that. But all it took was a simple ask. All it took was a simple moment of unlocking this and now provision entered in to the moment. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, why won't we ask people for things, for help? Because a lot of times when we're asking, that's exactly what we need. We need help. We don't like go around. No one's scared here to ask someone their favorite color, right? No one's like, man, this is really awkward. What's your favorite color, right? But we generally feel awkward when we have a need. And here's why I think that we have fear or why we don't ask for our needs to be met. The first is we think that they won't say yes. We're scared of rejection. We're scared that we'll hear the no and we'll be rejected. I mean, guys know this, right? And maybe some girls, but most of the guys, like, you know, you ask that girl out and you want to hear yes, but you hear no, you feel the rejection, right? Like, you're like, oh, cool. I didn't even really care. And then you go cry in your car. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even mean it. That was a joke. I would never go with you. See ya. And then you get out of there, right? Like, but really, you just got rejected. Want to dance? No, not at all. Me neither. I hate dancing. See you later. But a lot of us won't ask because we don't want people to get angry. Maybe you grew up in a household where your parents, if you asked for anything, they were mad. They yelled at you. Maybe you were in a school or with a teacher. I remember this one teacher was mad every time I had to ask to go to the bathroom. Like, hey, can I use the, do you really need to? Yes, I'm asking. Okay, like, okay. I'm sorry that this offends you, but I just need to go to the bathroom. And so then I just would stop asking. And then I'd be like, all right, see ya. And I would just leave. Because I was like, I ain't asking you, you're getting too mad. What about this? Like, some of us won't ask for our needs to be met because we think, It's just kind of stupid. We think that the thing that we actually need, the thing that we need help with, man, that's just stupid. That's like, I'm going to be rejected and they're going to think that, like, what are they asking for? Like, I literally had um, Kelsey one time asked me, she was just like, hey, when you leave um, and and we're texting, um, for a long time she wouldn't ask this. I'm a very brief texter. Okay, so if you, I don't think it's a good form of communication, so I don't invest a lot into texting. And so, like, when I get a text message and a book from you, you might get a K from me. Not even okay, not even O-K-A-Y, not, you get K, period, or like, thumbs up, right? That's what you're gonna, or I'll just like it. I just double click like, and then I'm gone. I'm out. What happened was, is for Kelsey and I, early on in our marriage, for a long time, she always thought I was mad at her. Because she would text me like, hey, can you go grab some milk on your way home? And I'd be like, okay. That's what I meant, okay. What she thought I meant was, okay, right? Like I was like slamming the screen. And so she 
began to not ask. And, and it created this kind of thing between us. And for a long time, she didn't ask me this. And then one day she said, hey, can I just ask you something? I was like, sure. She's like, when you text me, can you put emojis in it? I was like, what? She's like, I always think you're angry. So when I get K, can you just put a smiley face after that? Or like a heart eyes or something like that. Like I'm in love with getting milk. Okay, but like... <laughs> Yeah, can you help me communicate? And for a long time, she didn't ask because she thought it was stupid to ask that. When it was so simple for me, that's what you need, no problem. Yeah, I can put emojis. Now I'm an emoji awesome person, right? (laughs) What about this? We don't ask because we don't want to inconvenience others. And when you don't want to ask to inconvenience other people, a lot of the time, it doesn't have to do with them. It has to do with how much worth you feel like you actually have. You don't think that people want to be inconvenienced for you. What that tells me is you probably don't have a really great image of self. Because a lot of us in this room, you've been asked by people for help and you have no problem saying, sure, yeah, no problem. And you're inconvenienced, right? You're okay with that. But a lot of us won't ask because we don't really feel like we're worth inconveniencing others for. And then finally, A lot of us won't ask for needs in our life because it makes us feel bad about ourselves. Because when you have to put a need out there, what you're admitting is, I can't do this on my own. That there's part of this that like, I actually don't have enough in the tank. I don't have enough money. I don't have whatever. I don't have enough time, love, uh, talent, patience, peace. I I don't have that. And so when I'm asking for a need, what I'm admitting to you is, I'm not enough. And so we stop because we want to preserve our self-image. And I think that that's totally opposite of what God is asking us to do when he asks us and tells us that, hey, when you pray, you need to ask. So if you have a Bible with you, you can open up. It's one little verse we're going to hone in on today. We're going to bring in a bunch of other verses with it. If you don't, don't worry. There's, uh, it's on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible, don't worry. We have free ones in the back that you can just grab. They're right on the bookshelf as you leave. Grab one. It's our gift to you. We want you to have God's word. It's powerful. So listen to what the Bible says here. Luke chapter 11, verse 3. We're continuing on in the Lord's Prayer. And the next part of the prayer that we're going to get into is this. Give us each day our daily bread. This is the very first time in the Lord's Prayer that a personal request has been made, right? If you follow it along with us, we've talked about the importance of prayer and communicating with God, and then we talked that we start our prayer recognizing who God is, and this isn't because God is egotistical. When we recognize who we're talking to, it activates faith in our life, and it's going to be hard for you to ask for things if you don't have faith activated in your heart. Right? Because some of us like, are so scared of being disappointed or so scared to hear the no or we just don't think that God can do it so we don't ask. That's a, that's a moment that your, your faith is weak and you're absent of faith. And so we start our prayers with who God is. Because we're recognizing who we're talking to. It activates for us this faith. And then we talked about this. We go into this moment of confession. We, we say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in this moment, we have this part of our prayer life that is confession. And that's something we don't talk about. But a lot of us will stop praying to God because when we start to admonish who he is, when we start to talk about who God is, we remember who we are. And have you ever been in a room with someone that you felt like, you're way different than me, I don't belong here, and we shouldn't be talking? A lot of us feel that. When we start to talk about how great God is, sometimes it makes us feel like we're not so great. And so God says, 
then let's get it out here. Let's say it. Let's talk about it. Let's open this up so that there's nothing between us. And so we confess. And then the Bible says that after we do that, we begin to make petition for ourselves. Why do we start with petition for ourselves before our petition for others? I mean, everyone's like, that's so selfish. No, because we do ministry out of the overflow. It actually prepares us. It actually helps us. It actually helps us move in many ways in our relationship with God so we can move in our relationship with others. But here's the deal of this first verse. The reality is God says, you have to ask. You have to ask. You have to get the question out there. You have to say it. You have to make this request known. And we're going to get into why in just a second. But here's what is so important about that word bread that was in verse 3. That word bread entails everything that we need for the day. Everything that we need. And we live in a time where I don't know many of us are like worried about having bread today. But you got to remember that this prayer is going to take the mind of the reader and the hearer back to a moment in Israel when they did have a hard time believing that they would receive bread. It's the wilderness moment for Israel. When Israel leaves Egypt and they're on their way to the promised land, they spend years in the desert. And I don't know about you, but you don't grow grain in the desert. You don't, there's not a lot of things to eat in the desert. There's not a lot of water in the desert. There's not a lot of provision in the desert. And so when you're in a dry place, every day they'd have to pray for their daily bread and God would rain manna from heaven to feed his people. It was like, please give me my daily bread. Please give me everything that I'm going to need for today, that I'm going to be okay in this moment. And so when we talk about that bread, don't get caught up on the word like, well, I don't need bread, so I'm exempt from this. No, what this is saying is, is what are your daily needs of life? What are the daily things that you need God to show up for? And there's going to be a lot of us that get into this moment where we are going to say this, well, wouldn't God just give us what we need? I mean, that's like a very like, why do I have to ask? Why wouldn't God just give me what I need? Because there's a secret to all of this. There's a, there's a part of this that goes beyond the needs and into the relationship that changes us when we ask daily. So you got to ask, you got to ask for what you need, and it's going to be a daily process in our life. Why, why would God do this? Listen to what James 4, 2 says. You desire but do not have, so you kill. You, you desire but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Oh, this is James letting us into this idea that we need to make requests to God for our daily needs because if we don't, we will take our daily needs into our own hands. And when we take our daily needs into our own hands, some pretty bad things happen. We, we make shortcuts, we dominate people, we, we will backstab people, we will become selfish, we will steal from others to make sure that we are taken care of. It's chaos, actually. Right? It's a place where we dominate one another. It's a place where we rob from one another. And he literally says, you can kill. And we know that Jesus even says that if we hate in our heart, we have murdered. 
So maybe it's not physical murder, but if you steal from your brother and sister in Christ and take from their need or from anybody else in this world for that, you do hate them. You say, no, I don't. Well, you hate them enough to take from them to add to you. That doesn't sound like you love them. And so what happens for us in this moment is James says, look, you go all of these ways, but there's a correction that you need to understand in your life. You don't have because you're not asking. Because there's a key to understanding this. Because if you think the question, this might step on your toes, everyone lift up your feet for a second. Okay? If you think, why do I even need to ask? You're entitled. You're entitled. Why do I even need to ask? Because you're entitled. And you need to be humbled. Because I'll tell you what, if you're entitled, if you're given good things, you will squander them. If you're entitled and you're given good things, you will just waste them. This is what I'm owed. You owe me these things. And so you won't be a good steward of the gifts that have been given to you. Why do I even need to ask? Because you need to be humbled. Because you need to realize that everything that we have that is good in our life is from the Lord. So that question, if it rises up in your mind, this seems, why would you even put this in here? Don't you know everything? Yes, I do know everything. I know some things that my kids need in, my, in their life, but I'm not going to give it to them until they ask. Why? Because then I just feed entitlement. And that feeds pride. And the Bible understands that pride comes before the... So God wouldn't be so good to you if he let you grow in pride and entitlement, would he? Why? Because he knows you'll destroy yourself at the end of the day. Now, does God give beyond what we ask for? Absolutely. Does God provide for us at some points in our life, even when we're not able to ask? Absolutely. But the more and more that we get this daily asking into our lives, the more and more we might not need those moments. And so what happens here is God wants to accomplish some things in our life that only asking can bring about. And here's one thing that it brings about. You're important. You are important. You are important enough to hear. You are important enough to God to, for him to listen to your request. Anybody ever put, if you work for a government agency, this isn't on you personally. This has just been my experience. I've put in a lot of requests and heard nothing back. Anybody ever been there? They're like, send an email. You're like, I've sent seven. Okay, like, so eight is the charm. What are they telling you when they don't respond to the eight emails you sent? You're not important enough to listen to. You're not, you're not an important enough person in this world for me to hear. I mean, not a lot of us could just get a meeting with the president, right? We couldn't just call the White House. Hey, got to get some things off my back. I'd like to make a couple requests. Our city's putting too many roundabouts in. Can you jump in here? Because this place is crazy. The right side of my car, the tires are bald because I just keep turning and turning and turning. Could you jump in here? We got money. We don't know what they're doing. I need help. You go, man, none of you are making that phone call. Why? Because you believe in your heart that you're not important enough to hear. And the world has given you the experience that you're not. When God says to ask me daily, what is he saying to you? You're important enough to hear. You're important enough to listen to. I want to hear what's on your heart. I want to hear what's on your mind. 
you're that important. It's like we get to not only go to the White House, we get into the Oval Office and we get a sit-down meeting every single day. Every single day, God wants to hear from you. That's the beauty. And it's not once a month or when you're in crisis or, or once a year or at Christmas and Easter. God wants to hear from you daily. That's how important you are to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But not only does he do that, listen to what 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it's not on the screens, but listen to this. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He sees you and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So what God is saying is righteousness, holiness, goodness. His eyes are on you. He sees what's going on. Even when the world doesn't recognize the good that you're doing, he does. And his eyes and his ears are attentive to you. His eyes and his ears are attentive to you, but are you communicating to him? If you're living righteous, holy, good lives, the Bible says God sees you and God hears you. The question is, are you talking at all? Are you trying to communicate at all? But not only does God say that you are important enough to hear from daily, God brings understanding through prayer. See, the reality is, is for a lot of us, we need to make the ask. And maybe you're asking for the wrong thing, but God through prayer will transform your heart and your mind to give you understanding about where he's actually taking you. You know what NFL stands for? Not for long. Why? Because their bodies get beat up. But you know what also happens to a lot of NFL players and pro athletes in general? The average NFL player, I believe the statistic is still true, is bankrupt three years after they retire. Because there's a lot of blessing, a lot of all of these things, a lot of all this thing happening in their life, but they weren't necessarily prepared for the blessing. So it really becomes a curse. Because I think it may be better at times to not have and not have lost than to have and to have lost everything. And so what happens for so many of us is God can actually bring understanding into our lives. And it's this, this is part of the understanding of what's going on. You begin to ask God for your needs and it's not that God goes in heaven. No, 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 no. Stop talking. I already know what you need. Hush. How many of you would do that to your little kids if they were coming into your room and confessing or saying something or asking for what they need? You go, no, 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 stop talking. I already know what you need. Just quiet. You're annoying me. Let me get back to work. If you do do that, you might need to rethink about how you're telling them how much you love them. Because meeting needs is not as much as hearing needs. You hear me? Parents, it's a little tidbit. Listen to your kids. You don't have to do everything that you say. That's entitlement and spoiling. But give them the gift of being heard. Give them the understanding that I heard you. And I know you. And I know the need. I'm just going to do something different. But not only that, does God give understanding? And does he let us know that we are important to him? But it gives us an opportunity to participate. Participate in what God is doing. Participate in how God is moving in our lives and in the lives of others. When we pray for our needs and the needs of others, it gives us an opportunity to pray. Because here's the reality. I think that when you are praying, God gets you off of your face and off of your knees and he moves you to action. I was talking to someone about this 
two nights ago. And they were talking about this bad scenario that happened in their life and how this person has fallen and all these things. And they said, man, I just wish that this organization would have done a better job helping those people. And I said, hmm, maybe you should stop just asking that. And maybe God's revealed the problem to you because if he's revealed the problem to you, he's asked you to do something about it. A lot of us in this room, we have that kind of mentality. Hey God, just want to let you know, I see all these problems here. God goes, yeah, I I know. I opened your eyes to the problem. What are we going to do? How are you going to participate? How are you going to be a part of what I'm going to do to redeem that situation? It brings understanding. It brings participation. Because here is the reality. Daily bread is about dependence. Daily bread is about dependence. It's this idea that every day we're going to go to God and we are going to ask for what we need for that day. And it's a a moment where we recognize our dependence on him. It's this moment here, listen to this. It's really about relationship. That's what it's about. It's about you and I coming together and knowing. People who have had kids in college know this. Because your kids, like maybe your kids don't have a job while they're at college and they only call you when they need one thing. Money, money, money. If you're smart, it'll be a trickle, not an outflow, right? Keep coming back. I just want to check on you. Keep coming back. I want to know what's going on. Where did all that money go, by the way? I just gave you money three days ago. Where, where did it all go? Listen, some things are going on here. It's a little crazy. Uh, I bought some things for my friends. I, I hosted the dinner. I, yeah, I'm going to need more money. Great. So in relationship now, now I get to speak into your life a little bit. Have you ever thought that maybe some of the reason God's not just pouring out everything on you is because he wants relationship with you and that that moment of need, that moment of relying on him and dependence on him is a moment to keep the relationship and the communication keep going? Listen to what one commentator says. The next petition is for bread, i.e. the provision for our daily needs. The continual present, keep giving. That's what it means, like every day, keep giving. And that each day we make clear what it is we should look for and that we should look to God constantly. Not to ask for provision for a lengthy period of time and then proceed to forget him. I mean, anyone in here, the only time you pray is when things go bad because they were good enough for you to get away and to be quiet, and so you stop praying. And then it's like, oh, I'm out of money. Better call dad. I'm out of money. Now it's time to pick up the communication again. Things went bad, and because I wasn't in relationship with you, I didn't know how to steward the blessings that you put in my life, and so that became a curse, and now I'm in big trouble. So it's this daily moment. It's about relationship. Not only does daily prayer build our relationship with God, but it helps us release control. Here's what that means. It will help you with your anxiety. Because when you really realize that you're dependent upon him for daily bread and that he gives daily bread, it means you don't have to make daily bread. You don't have to rely on every single thing. You don't have to rely on, on this moment where you, you oh, I better make this work. It's no, this is, uh, I get to release control and I get to trust in you. I get to be 
with you. And I think for so many of us, we forget how dependent we really are. So I nerded out a little bit. Um, just want to, does anyone know how fast the earth spins? Anyone know? Like right now we're spinning, right? Doesn't feel like it, but we are. Do you, anyone know about how fast the earth spins? A thousand miles per hour. A thousand miles per hour is how fast the earth is spinning right now that we get all the way around in 24 hours, essentially. Or tw- yeah, 24 hours. And so what happens for you and I is, anybody been in a car when someone hits the brakes really fast? What happens? You go flying. Imagine if God in his infinite wisdom, because Colossians says he holds everything together and he's sustaining all things, that God hit the brakes on the spinning of the earth. We would all go flying at a thousand miles an hour. It would not be a great day for anybody. Anybody. Not only would it not be like, let's say you just survived the thousand mile an hour, like stop. Then the wave that would come out of the ocean would swallow the entire earth. You wouldn't survive. Do many of us wake up going, hey, Thanks for keeping the earth spinning. Thank you, because that would be a bad day. <laughs> right? Like, it would be terrible. There'd be nothing left. And yet, I don't know how many of us, me included, thank God for that. Thank you that according to your word in Colossians chapter 1, that you are sustaining and holding the entire universe together. Thank you for doing that. Because my life is dependent upon you doing that. Thank you, Lord. Dependence helps us release control. Because guess what? You don't have to figure out a way to keep the earth spinning now. You don't need to be an engineer that gets all these rockets built around the earth to make sure that if things were to go bad, you could press a button and you could start spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. But not only does it help us release control, it's about nearness. It's about honesty. Because some of us have those friends in our lives, those people in our lives where we can be completely open with. That we can say like, this is really bothering me. This is really hard. This is out of control. And they'll just hear you and be like, yeah, yeah. Here's what's going on. Let me tell you a little bit to help you in this moment. It's about honesty. A lot of us in this room won't make a lot of asks because we don't want to actually let people know what our needs are. When you're close to God and you're near to God and you're asking for your daily provision and you're asking for what God needs you to do, you're growing in relationship, you're letting go of anxiety, and now you can be honest. Because anxiety is a fear of the future that God is absent from. It allows us in this moment to change. No one in in this moment, nearness is so important because it creates this time where we can be honest and intimate. No one screams from across the room, hey, can you fix my porn addiction? Hey, my marriage is really messed up. Can you fix this? Hey, I'm bankrupt. Can you help me? Hey, I just got the worst diagnosis of my life. Can you come over here? It's like a movie that we all watch. I'm going to let you in. Now you're going to go, you're a terrible person. But there's this movie, movie, and if you know the quote, then we're in the same boat, so don't judge. Where it's like, hey, mom, 
get the meatloaf, right? Like it's this moment where we don't ask and say those things. Like we don't say, God, can you stop the foreclosure? God, can you stop my gambling addiction? God, can you please help my kid who's suffering in depression? Is anyone, you hear that happening anywhere out in the world? You're at Starbucks and there's a Bible study and this guy just yells that. God, could you just help my kids? They're awful. (laughs) Why? Because we're not in relationship with enough people, to be honest. But that really is what's on your heart. But when you draw near to God, you can whisper the things that are truly in your soul that are dominating you. And you can say, can you please help heal my porn addiction? Can you please help me? I've spent myself, I'm underwater. God, we're gonna lose our house. God, I think my wife is gonna leave me. God, I think my husband is gonna go. God, I'm scared for my son. I'm scared for my daughter. And daily, in the quiet, because God wants to hear you, you can let those things be known. And when you really feel like it's about relationship and you really feel like you can let control go and you really feel like that you're near to God and you can be honest, then now it will give you boldness. And you will whisper the prayers that you could not say to anybody else, but you will ask boldly to the Lord. Because I don't know about you, but some of us are afraid of praying about our kids because we're afraid of the answer. We're afraid of praying about that addiction because we're afraid of the answer. We're afraid of asking for provision for the God-given dream that he has given us in vision for our life because what if we got it wrong? It gives boldness to us when we really believe that God is there. Jeremiah 33.3, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Or John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence, boldness that we have towards him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that has been asked of him. Here's what, we, what this means. We have the boldness to ask according to his will. And we know that if we prayed according to his will and we've asked according to his will, the yes is already on the table. It's already right there. So we can ask in boldness. And let me just tell you something. If it's not according to his will, then you don't want the yes. No one wants second best here. And so you can ask boldly and in faith. And let me give you an example of a bold prayer. It's Jesus in the garden. Lord, If this cup could pass me, please let it. That's a bold ask. But his relationship with God is so strong. His confidence in God is so strong. He has released anxiety to the Lord in what's the next part of the prayer. But not my will be done but yours. But Jesus asked, didn't he? But you see the confidence that he has in the Lord. So it not only gives us boldness, but here's what it does. It dignifies us. Dependence is dignified and asking opens provision. Because why? God is a provider. 
He is a provider. And he provides good things for his children whom he loves. And do you believe that you are a child of God and that God loves you? And that in faith and in the belief that our Father in heaven loves us so well that we can ask and we can trust and we can believe in these things. Matthew chapter 6, 31 to 34, it says this. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Here's what he's saying. How do we seek first the kingdom of God in our life? Prayer. Not my will be done, but yours is seeking his kingdom over our kingdom. And maybe some of the reasons that those prayers aren't being answered, at least in the way that you want, is because you've lied to yourself and you've told yourself that, well, this isn't about my kingdom. It's really about your kingdom. So if you just give me $5 million, I promise that I'll sow into your kingdom more. And God says, but I gave you $5 and you didn't do anything. Because generosity is not about an amount. It's about the heart. And so if you're not generous with a little, you won't be generous with a lot. You're like, I don't know about that. Well, if I gave you $10 and you can't give one, then why do you think if I give you a million, you'll write a check for 100000 Because generosity is exercised, not just given. Generosity is grown, not just given. And so a lot of us, we say these prayers and we promise God something that he knows that deep down in our heart we would never do. Oh, if you just gave me, the, yeah. If you just did this, God, I'd buy all this stuff for the church. I, I would help all of these kids over here. I would help all of these starving families. I would do all of these things. Well, then why isn't the world rid of problems? Because there's a lot of really wealthy people. You ever thought about that? Why is, why is hunger in the world still a problem if we have so much money that the United States is throwing trillions of dollars of food away a year? Because we forgot that generosity is not about an amount. It's about the heart. So some of the things you're asking for to build your kingdom, God's saying no to. Why? Because he loves you more than your request. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He's a provider. 1 Peter 5, 6-7, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety because he cares for you. God loves you, and he's a provider. But let me just let you in on a little secret. God's not going to give us what will hurt us. And a lot of us, instead of asking for daily bread, we ask for lifetime bread. We want an unlimited you know, gift card to whatever we need for the rest of our life. But here's what God knows. You will forget him. You will. And so some of us are asking to have no more needs in our life. And what you're really asking for is for me to forget you. And so God says, it's not about lifetime bread. If you ask daily and I provide, you will be taken care of for a lifetime. But it's about daily requests. It's about daily asking. Look at what the Bible says here. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, find. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? This is actually Jesus being funny. Like, you guys don't get it, but he's like, yeah, who, like, which one of your dads, if you asked for bread, would give the kid a rock? Like, come on. 
Like, who, who would do this or ask for a fish and give him a snake? Can I have a fish? Well, here's a snake. <laughs> if then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. This sums up all of the law and the prophets. He says this, ask God, seek God, knock on the door, and he will answer, and he will give, and he will not hold back. But don't expect everything to come in all of the time. Sometimes the blessing isn't the curse. Sometimes the blessing is the fact that you have what you need, but you don't have more that will kill you. I was literally in a conversation this week. We were talking about the housing market. And this guy was like, yeah, years ago, I bought the most expensive house on Siesta Drive. 10 years ago. And I was like, wow, that was cool. He's like, it was so cool. I had this button on a remote and I would go out. He lived alone, by the way. It was like a 5,200 square foot house on the water. Lived alone. Sounds like a lot of empty space. And I was like, well, what would you do? He's like, sometimes because I grew up with nothing, I would walk outside and I had a remote from my gate and I would just stand in the driveway and hit the remote. And I'd watch the gate open and I'd hit it again and then watch it close. And I was dumbfounded with the fact that I had a remote for the gate on my house. And I said, well, that sounds kind of cool. And he said, actually, it was a nightmare. And I was like, why was that? And he's like, because I had to pay $200,000 a year to meet the mortgage requirements. Can you imagine 200 grand a year? That's a lot of overhead. That's a lot of sales. That's a lot. That's just to pay the mortgage, not the light bill, not the insurance. The mortgage, 200 grand a year. It's what, $25,000 a month? That's a hefty toll. And what was meant to be a blessing was actually a curse because it wasn't the right season and it was too much. It was too much. Corey, can you start bringing that stuff up for me? See, here's what I need us to understand. God is into blessing and not cursing. Satan is into cursing and not blessing. Go back to the garden and what happened? At the garden, what happens? Hey, you should eat this fruit because you'll know everything that God knows. You'll be just like God. And what Satan said was a blessing was actually the curse. And what God said is, hey, you're really not built to be like me and that's okay, but I'm gonna bless you with everything that I do have. You guys are all curious about what's about to happen, right? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Ryan, you want to stay up here? All right, Ryan, you're in. Should have dressed nicer. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, you're going to be uh, an object lesson today. Okay, you're, how are you feeling? Okay, good. Come on over. All right, so this is, I want you to see that God will give you daily what you need, but he's not going to give you everything that you need for your whole life because it would end up being a curse. So, Ryan, this is all the water that you need for let's say the next six months, okay? So you, you, you're worry-free for the next six months. How much, you would drink half of this the first day. Okay, so there, just hold that, good, just with that handle. And, but then you said, but God, I, I don't wanna ask daily because I don't wanna have any worry in my life and so I want you to bless me more. I said, oh, okay, here. Um, here is everything that you're gonna need for the next five years too. And you say, five years is great, God, but you know, how old are you? 
32 now. So 32, he's got a lot of five-year increments left. I don't want to inconvenience you or be inconvenienced because at five years, I'm going to get a little worried. So I need a little bit more blessing. Okay, cool. I got some more blessing. So here, let's get you to, oh, yeah, okay. So here, let's get you to 50. But 50 is not so old. You say, but I asked for my whole life. Okay, but let me just give you the next, like, 20. Okay? So we, you're 70. Isn't that old, is it? I said my whole life. Are you sure you want your whole life? I guess. Yeah, so here you go. <laughs> so just um, enjoy that. All right. cool. And so today you have everything that you need for your whole life. Don't spill any or you'll need more. How much are you going to enjoy life walking around with all of this? Not a whole lot. In fact, it's going to actually be hard for you to take a sip of what you need today because you're holding everything else that you have. And just keep going. Right. Yeah, so. Right. Does this look like a curse or a blessing? This is how you're asking. I don't ever want another need in my life. That's what that looks like. And the enemy says, God should be good. You getting tired yet? A little bit, okay. Because let me just tell you something. I'll help you. Middle one? Okay, I'm good. Oh, you can put them down slowly. I'm kidding. I'll help you. Come on. I'm not going to leave you hanging. So here's what happens is, you know what all that blessing is? Heavy in the wrong season. Too much in the wrong season. And yes, it's good. It's just good when you pour it out, right? It's good when God looks at your life and goes, here's what you need today. We're going to give you what you need today. And now you're free. Thank you, Ron. You didn't, he didn't know I was calling him up. How many of us are asking God for so much and he's withholding because it's too much? And then we look at him and say, you're mean, you're a miser, you're not generous, you're not abounding, you're not able. Why do I still have need in my life? And he says, because need is where you'll find me. And need is where I'll provide. And need is where I'll prepare you daily to carry the blessings that I'm going to put in your life. And need is the place where you find me. And need is the place where we grow closer together. And need is the place where you learn to hear my voice. Because how many of us have been in a terrible situation and all of a sudden you hear God's voice in HD? And so here's what I'm going to ask. Cody's going to come up and we're going to sing and then we have a special moment to celebrate together. But here's what I'm going to ask for us to do. How do I do this? What, what do I need to do daily as we get ready to end? It's really simple what you need to do daily. When, you, when you're asking for provision in your life, when you're making requests known, it needs to be consistently every single day. Consistent. Every single day you need to ask. Why? Because of all the benefits we've just talked about. But not only does it need to be daily, it needs to be specific. Don't just throw these vague things out. Some of us are saying, well, I don't really see God working in my life because you throw out these vague prayers. Take care of my needs. What needs? How are you going to recognize what God's doing in your life if you didn't pray about it specifically? Some of the specificity that you need to put in your prayer life is not for God to go, oh, I didn't think of that. It's for God to go see where I provided for that. And now your faith grows, and now your boldness grows, and now your belief grows, and now you start walking. But then, not only does it need to be daily, or does it need to be specific, but it needs to be honest. 
Really get it out there. Really tell God gut-wrenchingly, honestly, what you need. And you don't have to polish it up because God prefers the rough draft. But then, pray faithfully. And by faithfully, I don't mean every day. I mean full of faith. Believing and trusting the God of the universe hears you and knows you. And we talked about it last week. And even when you don't have words to describe, he sends his spirit to interpret for you, to speak to the father and trust that you may not even know what you need right now. So say, I don't even know what I need right now, but I know that there's something. Some of us have inside of our soul right now. There is something in your soul. That it's just dominating you and you don't know what it is and you don't know how it works and you don't know all of these things. And so you just sit there and you go like, I don't have the words to say. And God says, then bring it daily. And I'll give you a little bit of what you need today to start going through that. Bring it daily and you'll get to know me a little bit more. Bring it daily and I'll take care of it. Bring it daily and I'll do all of these things. And I'm not going to curse you with everything. I'm going to bless you today. And guess what? When you end your life and you get to the end of your days, your life will be blessed beyond measure because every day your needs were met. You know what the fact is? In this room, you're here. You're here. You're alive. You're in this place. God has provided for you all the days of your life. You're here. You're not dead. You're here. But let's get the benefit of asking and being near and being heard and being known and being healed.